How many of you remember Richard Hur's chart a number of years ago? And I don't know if I have this thing drawn to scale to his uh, let me see intellectual ability by far I am by far short of that but I was trying to remake this as I knew best Franklin had shared this in our home not so long ago in a discussion that we had and so we are in this world for but a season. We are in this world for but a season to prepare for eternity. Is it possible to attain some sort of holiness? I'd really like to hear some of your response. I have this chalkboard here for a reason because it's interactive. But some of this interactive is not coming from me, but from you. So is it possible to attain some type of holiness? What do you think? Yes. Yes. It's commanded in the Scripture, isn't it? It's commanded in Scripture. Okay, thank you. Be ye as I am holy, saith the Lord. Be ye holy as I am holy, saith the Lord. Okay. No, the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. So we have some controversy here. And for those that are listening, I have the chalkboard here. It has God, Jesus, holiness, and heaven at the top. It has a square box with a parallel, I'm sorry, a angled line going from bottom corner to top left. Okay, you have top right for you all, top left for me. And that says knowledge of God. And on the bottom, the bottom line is man and failure and sin. And then in the bottom right, my bottom left, is the new birth. Is there any hope for a sinner such as I? We do have hope. That hope is in Jesus Christ. And we try to stress in our teaching, our preaching, that we need to live a life of holiness, and that's good. But are we, and I want you to think about this, this is not to try to dissuade you, but I want to cause you to think. Are we setting ourselves up with a false sense of security that if we perform... If we live well enough, that it's going to be good enough when we stand before God. A just and mighty God. And I appreciate what has been shared. The Bible says that our righteousness, it actually says righteousnesses, are as filthy rags. And if you would look at Isaiah 64, 6, and you don't have to turn there, it says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all of our and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. 
We do all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And then we look in the New Testament. It says, as it is written, and our brother shared that, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.10 There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. So, I want you to think about this. If there is none righteous, and our righteousnesses, or our righteousness is as filthy rags, how can we ever attain proper standing before God. And we've been taught the truth of God's Word, and so we know it is by faith in Jesus Christ. It is by His shed blood on Calvary. It is because of God's great love and mercy towards us. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain, but He washed it white as snow. And that is the starting point. That is where it all begins. And that is when we are justified. And then it is a daily process of sanctification. A process of becoming more like the Master. A daily walk with Him. Not in sinlessness, because we can't be there yet but a daily walk of growing closer, being more like the Master. 2 Corinthians 3. I'd like for you to turn there with me if you will. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 1, it says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we as some other epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God. We're not that we... And this is where I want you to catch. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. The word justify means to declare or to be made righteous in the sight of God. In Romans 3.24 it says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, we come clean with Christ, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption, and that is Christ Jesus. It's not what we do, but it is what He does in us as we yield our bodies to Him, as we yield our lives to Him. Also it says in Romans 3.28, Therefore we conclude that man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. It's not what we do, but it is what Christ does in us. Romans 5.1 Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I don't know where you are in your walk with God. 
But I know what that peace with God feels like. It is a rest. It is a calm. It is a peace that passes all understanding. And that peace and rest and calm comes through being right with God. And then when we live outside of that, as we see here on the chart, when we live outside of that, when we live in failure and sin, down below the knowledge of God, that's when our peace is disrupted. Romans 5 verse 9 says, Much more then, now being justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. We are justified, we are made right through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And then we will be saved from the wrath that is to come. The word sanctify means to set apart or declare holy, to consecrate, to free from sin, to purify. And Jesus said in His prayer for His disciples, and I want you to turn there with me, in John chapter 17. John chapter 17. When Jesus was finishing up His work here on this earth, when He knew that His time was here for Him to depart, in John chapter 17, verse 1, it says, These words spake Jesus, and lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify Thy Son, that Thy Son also may glorify Thee. And then I want you to skip down to verse 15. And He's saying there, I pray not that Thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that Thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, or set them apart, or declare them holy, or consecrate them, or free them from sin and purify them. Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. And as Thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but I want you to pay attention here. Jesus is praying for His disciples that he was, were right there with Him. But in verse 20 He says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on Me through their word. That word of truth, that sanctifying word that purifies us, that sanctifies us, that sets us apart and declares us holy, has been passed down to us from generation to generation. Jesus has made the way. We believe, we receive, and then we live in obedience. We are changed. We become new creatures in Christ. And then we strive to grow in His likeness. We will never be sinless in this life, in this body, but it's a continual work, work of sanctification. Now I'd like for you to work, look with me here at the chalkboard. Below this line that says the knowledge of God, 
We have mankind. We have failure and sin. What are some of those failures and sins that hinder our walk with Christ? I'd like for you to help me out. Daddy mentioned one in the Sunday school class. Selfishness. Thank you. Pride. Say it again. Lust. Bitterness. Bitterness. Lying. Is that right? L Y I N G. Hatred. 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 Greed. Greed. Anger. Anger. Envy. Envy. Something else. Evil speaking. Thank you. Evil speaking. Can we get above the line? In this body that we live, in the knowledge that we gain from the new birth, from the Word of God, from the knowledge that we gain can we get above the line in this life? Yes, I would say yes. How are you going to do that? How are you going to grow above your knowledge? You get a new nature. A new nature? But you're not the old man anymore. The Bible says the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Think about this. The blood of Jesus. God's grace. His mercy. His peace. And it doesn't just cover. It doesn't just cover, but it washes it away. In the Old Testament, that shed blood of those sacrifices covered that sin. But in the new covenant with Christ, it is washed away. It is white as snow. It is no longer there. And so in our body, we bump along this line where we have the new nature and then we fail. We, we, we struggle with some of these areas in our lives. And then what do we do to make it back up on this side? We repent. We ask God for forgiveness. And then we are restored above the knowledge of God. Into the knowledge of God. Into that everlasting relationship and peace with God. And it is a continual working. And yet we will never ever be able to get from here 
to hear without that shed blood of Christ. The shed blood of Christ that washes it away. And as we grow older in our Christian lives, we may not fall below the line quite as often. We may be able to grow a little closer to staying on that line of knowledge and grace. But when we get to the end of our life, where will we stand before a holy God? We are new creatures in Christ, there's no doubt about it. And we strive to grow in His likeness. And yet in that striving, we do fail. We do sin, and yet the shed blood of Christ is there to wash away. It's not giving us a license to sin. It is giving us the grace and peace. It's giving us the power through the Spirit, through His shed blood, to be victorious in sin. In 2 Corinthians, it says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we know what is there. We know what awaits us. We know what we may face tomorrow. And yet it says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We are changed because of this new birth. Not that we will always be free from failure and sin in our Christian life. But as we fail, as we repent, as we come back to a right relationship through the knowledge of God, that sin is washed away again. And again. And again. Now, again, I don't want to give the false notion that we can sin because it says in Hebrews 10.26, and I shared this a little while ago, that if we continue willfully in sin, there no longer remains a sacrifice. That means that we are going towards that reprobate mind away from God down to failure and sin, back to that old man. We cannot be successful in our Christian life living and continuing in sin and assuming that God will be merciful. In Colossians 3, 1-4 it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him. We need to strive to live up to and above the line. Live up to and above the line of the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ, through His Word, through His Spirit's leading. Live as though we were going to meet the Lord today. How do we do that? We continue to allow the Holy Spirit to nudge us closer 
to the line, to the knowledge of God. We continue to allow the Spirit to guide us away from the cares of this world. Corinthians 15 says, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Awake for to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness. What does that mean? The writer was speaking to Christians then and now. Be not deceived. You flirt with evil communications, it's going to rub off on you. It's going to corrupt your good manners, the things that we are taught. It's going to corrupt our knowledge of God. We need to wake up to the righteousness that God is calling to each one of us personally. And we need to look to Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. All of us have personal struggles. All of us have a battle to live up to the line or above the knowledge of God. What is your struggle? And you all shared this list earlier. But it may be more than that. It may be a struggle with social media. It may be a struggle, and these are some other things that I wrote down that I had listed, but you all got some of some of mine. It may be books or even articles, whether it's in the newspaper, whether it's on the internet. It may be music. It may be work. It may be money. And the list can go on and on of the personal struggles that draw us away from the knowledge of God. What is on your list? What is drawing you to drawing you away? And so, if one of those words that were up here was one of your struggles, what are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? And so today, if the Spirit is speaking to you in a certain area, and even if it wasn't something that I wrote up there, something that was not mentioned, maybe it's something that you know personally in your heart that you're dealing with. Maybe something in your mind. Maybe something in your emotions. Maybe something that no one else knows about. If, so, if the Spirit is speaking to you in a certain area in your life today, deal with it. Today is the day to deal with it. Live up to the line of the knowledge of God and above. Romans 6.1 What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore are we buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also in the likeness we shall all be also 
in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him. This old man is crucified with Him. That means that old man is destroyed. That means that we are become new creatures in Christ through the new birth. And yes, along that line, we do fail. But as the Spirit continues to work when we do fail, He restores us to the knowledge of God, to peace with Him. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we serve not sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. And now if we be dead in Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, and death hath no more dominion over Him. For in that He died, He died once, died unto sin once, but in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. How do we do that? How do we live? How are we alive unto God through Jesus Christ? It says in the further verses, let not sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey the lust thereof. It says, live above the law, live above the struggles. Ask God for help to live up to the knowledge of God and bringing you back to a right relationship with Him. Let not sin reign. Do we fail? Yeah, we do. Do we make amends? I certainly hope so. And when we make amends, then that restores that relationship. But it also continues, that ye should obey the lust thereof, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Again, this shed blood of Christ, this grace that God has shown us, it washes away. It washes away sin. And then we strive to live according to the righteousness that we have through Jesus Christ in His shed blood. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Again it says, God forbid. Shall we continue to get angry? Shall we continue to lust? Shall we continue to listen to that music that pulls us away from God? Shall we continue to read those articles that may be anti-Christ, anti-God, anti-morality? Should we continue 
because we are under the age of grace, it says, God forbid. Know ye not that whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey. So whether you are a servant of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Do you want to serve sin because you like that song? Do you want to serve sin because you like that thought? Do you want to serve sin because you like that article or story that draws you away from God? Do you want to serve sin because greed corrupts? Or do you want to serve righteousness and live in obedience and live in the fact that we can by God's grace, by His Spirit, by the power, by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we can attain some type of holiness as we live in this life. Not that we will totally be totally free from sin, that we will be sinless, but we can live a life of obedience unto righteousness. But it also says that we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And that means that we need to pay special attention to the gift that we have. Verse 17, it says, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. And so this morning, it's not what I say, but it is what God says through His Word. We are delivering every day through God's Word, maybe in your home, maybe in personal devotions, family devotions, preaching, Sunday school, school, whatever it is. Maybe it's through a word from someone else. But you are delivered a form of doctrine, the truth and the knowledge of God. And through that truth, through that knowledge, through that born-again experience, it says... We have been made free from sin and become the servants of righteousness. People, we have the knowledge. We have the power. We have the ability to live above reproach. To live up to the line and above the knowledge of God. And when we mess up, we fess up, we get right with God, and we strive every day to live up to the line of the knowledge of God. When will this day come for you? We have no promise of tomorrow. We have no promise of this afternoon. Because God has us in the palm of His hand. He cares for us and yet He knows what our time frame is. We have no promise that we will live one week or four weeks or two years. And so when will that day come for you? 
When will God say, come home? Romans 13 says, And that knowing the time, that now is a high time to awake out of sleep. People, we live in freedom in this country. We have so many freedoms in this country. Freedom of religion, freedoms to be able to worship and meet together. We have so many freedoms with money and travel. And yet I think too often we are sleeping. And I say this for myself. It is time to awake out of our sleep for our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Have you had that new birth experience? If you have, you're going to struggle through life. And then one day, God is going to call your number. We need to make sure that we are at peace with Him. It says in verse 12, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We need to live up to the line and above in the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not what we do, but it is what He does in us. Second, uh, 1 Peter 2.9, closing verse. It says, if you are living above that line or up to that line and above, it says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And may we proclaim that marvelous light by the way that we live in victory day by day, living up to the line and above the knowledge of God, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. God bless you.